Hello, everybody, and welcome to the edition of Streetcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire on the Rotoviz Radio Network. Another week is in the books, and tonight I am joined by Dan Senio. How's it going, Dan? It is going. It's it's the quiet part of the off season where we're kind of ramping up for the NFL draft. Lot of uh, a lot of pro day talk and coach speak, and a couple of trades being made. But uh, we, we're kind of steering a little different direction tonight. We are. We, we are. We are. We are. We are <laughs> steering a different direction with uh, our guest this evening. We have Travis May at FF underscore Travis M. He is the Debbie aficionado, the Debbie expert, the Debbie man over at RotoViz. He is the host of the College to Can podcast on the RotoViz radio network. And his Twitter bio says he's formerly with that other site or podcast you loved. And he's Titan Travis on Clubhouse. Welcome to the show, or welcome back to the show because it's like your eighth time on Travis. <laughs> Eighth time on the show. That's probably about right. I, I know uh, over the years I have had the opportunity to join. Uh, you gentlemen quite a bit, so always always a good time. Love to see your uh, lovely faces, and I uh, actually got to meet you in person, Nathan, so that was that was a good time. You, you uh, visited Nashville. That was Nashville. Like, way before the pandemic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we weren't hanging out uh, in, in the uh, yeah, corona world, but yeah, man, I uh, had some good barbecue, and uh, I don't know you guys enjoyed uh, some Nashville, so that was, that was good to see you, but uh, glad to see your face again, man. Oh, for sure. All righty, so... Today, um, actually, Dan, this is the first time Dan's doing one of these shows. Um, I, I Usually I do this a little later in the offseason when we officially run out of ideas. But I think it's a good idea that we should start doing every year. It's called the True False Show, um, where I basically go into different dynasty questions that I, I'm thinking about and just say true, false, and have the Twitter sphere you know, say, okay, is that statement true or is that statement false? And I think we're going to do back-to-back weeks here. We're going to do a Debbie version with Travis this week. And then we'll steer into a dynasty outside the Debbie sphere next week. So I have a long list of true false questions. Some will go into some will, you know, simply say, I agree, disagree with, with the crowd here, but we'll go through quite a bit. And then we have an edition of the dynasty game. I put it all together. So, you know, Dan and Travis, who are both married men, um, will be potential bachelors seeking love and they can decide who they love the most of potential uh, NFL players. It's been a while. By the way, do people do people even remember the the old school dating game at this point? Like <laughs> <laughs> only us. It's it's just us that remember. I think. Well, like we, well, I mean, well, the no. three contestants behind the curtain. You know. <laughs> it isn't just. Uh, first of all, I don't remember it. Second of all, it isn't just us because we, we used to call this game Dynasty Bachelor, and then someone let us know like that's not the Bachelor at all. That's the dating game. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! I'm old now. Wow. All right, so let's get into the show. Once again, true, false, Debbie edition. We're going to go through these questions, and I'll give the, the results. Um, they were posted on the morning of the pod, so about 12 hours of results we got going on. So our first question is, true or false, Debbie quarterbacks are a good investment in Debbie Superflex leagues. Our results here are true 57%. So, Dan. Do you agree with the crowd? Are they a good investment, Debbie quarterbacks and Debbie Superflex? Well, I, I mean, I would definitely say yes, just because the the potential value gain from what is essentially a, a dart throw from a really long range away 
uh, it can turn into a complete roster build just in, in with one big pick, you know, for those folks that were getting Trevor Lawrence as a freshman or as a sophomore, when, when that name was huge, depending on how deep your, your Debbie league is, how far back you go, if you have to draft, you know, seniors coming out of high school, or you can only draft your freshman, whatever, whatever the, the stipulation is, that's, that's a massive gain in value. And there's a, probably a lot, a lot more misses than hits. But you're going to see that with every category, with every position. There's going to be plenty of misses. Quarterbacks, usually you can follow the the stars and how highly touted they were coming out and have a pretty good idea as to what you're working with. Obviously, not all of them are going to make it because there's only 32 teams, and we know how hard it is to become an NFL quarterback. So with all of that being said, I still think that player and the name associated with it can become something more, even if it doesn't eventually help your dynasty roster win, you always have the opportunity to move that player. Say you did get Trevor Lawrence, maybe before his name was massive. And then as he started to get big, you were able to sell that thing. If for some reason we thought maybe he was going to tank in value or he wasn't going to be good. Like we've seen quarterbacks in the past do. You are able to make a huge gain based on that Debbie pick. So long story short, Yes, I do believe quarterbacks are good investments with Debbie picks. So, yes, uh, in short, but it's a complicated answer because it's really, I mean, realistically, in any given class, you're only going to have three-ish, maybe four or five max, like, quarterbacks that are going to be super safe-ish picks. And, you know, one of them, every single year, like, one of them came out of nowhere anyway, so they weren't on Debbie rosters unless you're playing in a super deep league. So uh, most of the time... Uh, you're not going to be taking them because they're going to be safer guys with production profiles at different positions. But yeah, I mean, to an extent, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, like you, you should have selected them three years ago. If you play Debbie, like they were off uh, the board early because they were the number one and number two rated prospects at the quarterback position ever, according to the 24 seven sports composite. So yeah, like two or three quarterbacks in every class. Yes. But don't get cute and like start reaching for the quarterback four or five because you're you're sure that you're smarter than everyone else in the room and that that's going to be the right pick right. because because the truth is no the odds are that that's not going to be the case I mean like it, it's funny I'm in this one super deep league where you know you can draft players you could draft like your your three year old nephew if you wanted it's like it's like you know like that far <laughs> He's got a out. cannon. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's just launching stuff at least five feet across the room. Um, but there are 228 quarterbacks rostered through the first two Debbie seasons, and that's not going to cut it. So <laughs> like 220 of those are going to miss. Uh, so, yeah, that, it, it, if you go very deep at all, they're just worthless start throws. Yeah, I, I will say I, I'm one who invests highly in the quarterback position in Debbie Superflex. Because I'm always chasing that high. I'm, I'm chasing, you know, that the big hit of, of, a, of a Justin Herbert. I'm chasing the big hit of a two. A two a, obviously, he hasn't hit big yet. But, you know, I'm chasing, you know, those type of, you know, first round type picks. And if I were to play devil's advocate here, so often in recent memory, we've had top five picks that weren't Debbie picks. We had Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow. Yep. All, all, all these guys in your traditional 24 to 36 Debbie's per year, all, all those guys were not drafted in Debbie leagues of that size for the most part. So 
if you want to put if you want to fade quarterbacks, and one of the arguments for you know fading the 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 Debbie quarterback is that or one one arguments for doing Debbie quarterbacks is like okay, it's so much harder to find that replacement, find young quarterbacks. But in recent memory, we've been able to get those young quarterbacks in the rookie drafts in Debbie leagues, which is something you don't necessarily count on or something you necessarily you know predict happening. But it's been happening quite frequently where these top five quarterbacks, several of them, you know, at least one per year is, you know, not going to be drafting Debbie. So I, I do agree that they're worth an investment. Um, but I also think that you can fade the position and figure out other ways to get quarterback production in Debbie leagues. Hey everybody, this is Dan Sanio again from the dynasty trade cast to talk to you about hosting your podcast with our distributor, blue wire pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you're just not sure where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all of that, We'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me, or I guess us, talk about your favorite team, player, whatever it happens to be, make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But again, that is bwhustle.com slash join. All right, let's go on to our next question. And we have true or false. People undervalue the time discount on freshman and sophomore in Debbie leagues. This was true. 68% uh, thought that people undervalue the time discount for freshmen and sophomores. Travis, what are your thoughts on the time discount in Debbie leagues? Yeah, so I think a lot of people, I mean, you're waiting an entire year or two years uh, on these guys. So unless they've got a really incredible uh, true freshman breakout season as a wide receiver, or they're in a, a huge power five program uh, and they just dominated and they have no roadblocks to two more consecutive years of just killing it at the running back position. Yeah. That, it's a risky prospect uh, proposition to just go ahead and say, yeah, that guy's automatically a first round pick. So uh, I don't, I'm not advocating for, you know, reaching and taking like a third round rookie <laughs> over these freshmen and sophomores. But I think a lot of people do kind of forget, man, a year or two, like two years from now, is the league even going to be a thing? Like, <laughs> so, like there, there is, I, you know, I, I know some players that reach and do the exact opposite. But overall, I think um, people kind of forget that uh, you know you're going to be waiting a while, and so I, I, I like winning now. Yeah, that, that's true. But the biggest value gains you're going to get are when you're waiting. Like, you're not going to get that extreme value on the junior in Debbie for the most part. That where you're getting. It's the you know the extreme discount is you're adding the time plus the uncertainty and all those different measures. Yes, mm -hmm. there you know lots of different things can happen over that time span, but the most like value gained on your team is going to be 
you know, that freshman that hits it big and, you know, eventually makes on your roster two, three years later. Yeah, and I and I took Tank Bigsby and Kendall Milton last year and uh, definitely enjoying the dividends of Tank Bigsby. Not quite there yet with Kendall Milton, uh, but I do, you know, it, it it is risky, though, especially like this incoming freshman class, like all five of the top five uh, rookies, you know, with the exception of maybe Trevion Henderson, are going to probably wait to have a significant role on their offense. And so it, it depends on the class also. It just depends on, um, you know, the situation of the freshman. Because uh, if, if there's rock, if, if there's really not an opportunity for them to win the job early, um, I'll take the second-year discount then. Yeah, Nathan, I think you, when talking about quarterbacks, uh, just kind of made essentially my point is, for me, I'm I'm chasing the big value. I'm chasing the high. Uh, I want those big wins because, again, these are these are things I'm for the most part anticipating not hitting on. I don't think I'm great at evaluating talent that far in advance. So I take it to the advice from the best talent evaluators, the college coaches, and and the college recruiters. Everybody that's bringing those players in, I'm chasing stars. I'm chasing the guys that got the most offers. Those are the kind of guys I'm going after. And I, you know, because of what it could potentially bring to my team, I'm, I'm just fine having to play the waiting game because those picks to me are all ceiling. Uh, waiting on them is great if you are a constant contender and you can somehow get into one of those late guys that isn't, you know, it, we know is going to be an early round pick and maybe is kind of floating around. That's a great time to get those or the guys that maybe are, are sticking around for an extra season that, or, uh, or maybe blew up uh, later on and, and didn't have the great breakout age, whatever it happens to be, but somebody that could potentially be an early contributor, but probably isn't going to be winning you any league. So I, I understand both sides of it. I just feel like with a Debbie pick, the time is, is fine for me because I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm, it's a Debbie pick. I have to wait on it, regardless of how long that is. And I was thinking about this when I was, you know, putting this question together slash, you know, just thinking about it. I think it's a lot easier to wait if you're in several Debbie leagues. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're, for sure. Like, when I was in one Debbie league, I was like, well, I want to pick a guy that I know is going to be on my roster next year. Right. Whereas when I see like all eight, nine of my Debbie leagues, I see that as a portfolio of like, okay, I want to make sure I get some bigs here. I want to make sure I get some Trevor Lawrence here. Like it, if you're not like, okay, this is my one team. This is the team that I want to make sure gets all the, the juniors and they play next year, you know, that type of thing. But let's move on to our next topic. This is something that uh, Travis mentioned briefly when talking about Justin Field and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, scouting services. Uh, true or false, people overvalue scouting services when selecting freshmen in Debbie Leagues. The answer for Twitter was true at 68%. I think definitely just because most people don't do enough of their own research and they have to, <laughs> they have to overvalue because they don't watch uh, 30 to 40 to 50 running backs and wide receivers deep. Like the nerds like myself do every single year uh, or, you know, in, in leagues that I'm in, I'm, I already drafted these guys when they were juniors in, in high school. And so I've already done that in, in a few leagues. And so over the years, you'd kind of build up this list of, you already kind of understand like the depth and breadth of an entire class before they even get there. If you're a super nerd weirdo like me, but most people, 
uh, most like the normals, I, as I call them, <laughs> like they, uh, you know, they, they have to rely on the recruiting services because they're not going to automatically know that, man, that wide receiver 32 and he's got an opportunity in North Carolina next year. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think just I, by default, I see that all the time. I was I just participated in a college of Kent league where I basically just saw three kids just going straight down the line. They got down to a point there's like next freshman on the list, next freshman on the list. You know, it's just funny because they just they have to they they have to rely on other expert opinions. Yeah, Dan and I were in a league called Delayed Dynasty for a few years with Ryan McDowell and Scott Fish. And uh, I'm honest, I, I don't watch high school tape. Like uh, before my delayed dynasty picks, I would watch some like, oh, watch this high school highlight or watch this high school. Highlight. Just like, oh, talk myself and do a pick. But I can promise you uh, just going by 24-7 or just going by ESPN Top 300, that is not an effective way to build a poorly. I can confirm. I can confirm that. <laughs> but yeah. And. But yeah, I mean, one thing, if you are going to be selecting freshmen, my strategy for selecting freshmen, which I honestly, I try to avoid, I try to, you know, target those, target those incoming sophomores who have the freshman year under the belt. It's a little bit more expensive than the incoming freshman, but at least you have some, you know, some statistics, some tape, some opportunity already shown. But on the rare occasions that I do, I'm looking at, okay, the five stars and I'm looking at, do they have opportunity to produce early? Is there like eight Alabama running backs ahead of them? That type of thing. Uh, Dan, what, what are your thoughts on scouting services? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Travis, I think, hit it right on right on the head. I think by default, the majority of players do have to do that, A, because no one has the time um, or, or devotes enough time to evaluating players, and B, most, player, most people don't know how to evaluate players. I'm not great at it. I understand the basics of it. I know what I'm looking for in my personal opinion, what I like to see in players, but that doesn't mean that's right. And I guess technically that doesn't really make anybody's exact, um, the way they are, are, are scouting players right. It's just you have to find out what works best, what has the highest hit rates, how to translate that to what you're actually watching, putting it through your brain, seeing it be like, okay, yep, I get that. So most people, again, like Travis said, by default, have to go to someone else to figure it out. Um, when I first started out, I, I didn't watch a lot of tape. What my, what my path was, what I found that worked pretty good for me as someone that wasn't, uh, was definitely not a veteran at Debbie, uh, but had plenty of years under my belt in, in just Dynasty in general, would be to seek out those list makers the the rankings havers look at the rankings look at a, a group of five or six that was next on their list when it was my turn to pick and then watch watch a few games or something on those guys watch some highlights on those specific guys and make make a guess as to who I should take based on that so I, I was you know I take a little bit of the echo chamber mentality but also put a little bit of my spin on it that was when I was first starting out now. Uh, in my Debbie leagues, I, I do my homework, but it's not certainly not to the depth that it was when I, I didn't have 19 children. But but you're not with Travis scouting the middle scores. I'm gonna sure. put I'm gonna put rankings <laughs> I'm gonna put rankings haver in my bio now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, but, it, but really though, recruiting services though, I, I I am building out a database just just to run a whole bunch of stupid nerdy analytics and. Uh, on all recruiting data back to 2002. So like right now I'm looking at 
three stars, four stars, and five stars uh, from 2002 to 2016, all of which should have been drafted since their, uh, you know, the, their recruiting class year. Uh, I'll add the 2017 hey, guys. Hey, Demetrius Robertson, short. he's going to get drafted one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, after, yeah, but when, he, when he's 26 and he's played 17 years of college, yes. But, um, it, you know, 2002 to 2016, that's 22,000 players that I'm I'm running some tests on. And it's been interesting just to see how much uh, it does mean to have high pedigree, though. Uh, like, there is a lot of – it's not linear, but, man, like, if you're in the top 250 versus, like, a, you know, around the 750 overall in your class, like, it's ridiculous. It's not even close, you know. So there is – when you mix, you know, the old-school scout ratings, uh, ESPN, Rivals, and 24-7 to build out, build out the 24-7 sports composite, like, five stars – they're first, especially first round capital. It's not even close. It's like ten times over versus three star kids. But like just getting drafted, period. Like we, we, if you like built a you know draft capital over expectation, given your star rating or given your exact numeric rating by the twenty four seven sports composite, the multiplier for five stars is like almost five times uh, over expectation. Um, for four stars, it's like two and a half times. And for three stars, it's actually below one. Like, you're probably not going to get drafted, period. Um, if you're even a three-star kid, let alone a no-star kid. So it does matter, especially in super deep nerdy leagues, uh, nerdy Debbie leagues. But, man, uh, yeah, I, I definitely do what you do, Nathan, and concentrate on five stars and four stars with opportunity. All right. So let's move on to our next one. True or false? Rookie picks are undervalued in Debbie leagues. This ended up being true for 50, 57% of our voters. I'll start here. I'm a little surprised by this one because it's, it's one of those things that the word undervalued, like if more than half people think it's undervalued, is it actually undervalued? Um, it's kind of one of those things. Like I, I usually feel like I can acquire rookie picks fairly easily in my, my deadline, especially obviously when I want to. Um, so I, I do think that they're undervalued, but it does give me pause that other people agree that they're undervalued. It's a weird spot. I, I I think I tend to agree with that they're probably undervalued, but also outside of, say, the top three to five picks, you're essentially looking at a second-round pick tops. So <clears throat> I, I think it depends on who you're playing against really to see if they truly are undervalued or if they're correctly valued uh, the depth of the Debbie in that league. You know, if you're only taking 24 players a year, it, it might, you know, th those picks might be a little more valuable, but if you're taking, you know, 120 players a year, like some leagues that I've partaken in. Yeah. Those, those rookie picks become pretty useless unless again, you're picking in the top few uh, or you're playing with a bunch of idiots that have no idea who they should be taking in the, in the Debbie draft, which is possible. If you're playing against me in a Debbie league, that's probably the case. <laughs> no, I, I, they're not undervalued. I mean, in, in deeper leagues at all, they're they're really bad. And like you said, even in more shallow leagues, like you get past three or four, and it's like, wow, that's gross. Like I don't really even necessarily want to roster that. So I don't. I have no interest in rookie picks in most of my leagues, but obviously I'm not in, you know, two and three round leagues for the most part. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to the next one. True or false? Returning seniors are undervalued in Debbie Leagues. This was a 50-50 split. What do you take on returning seniors in Debbie Leagues? Obviously, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about obviously the trade market, but also in startup leagues, like, okay, are you looking at these guys that return for their senior? Like, in 2020, like, would you have been fading Najee Harris or would you have been fading Travis Etienne as, you know, returning seniors or redshirt juniors or whatever it might be? Travis, go ahead. I think that depends on the class because Najee Harris and Travis Etienne looked ahead. Yeah. You know, they had some smart people looking ahead and going, man, next year's class is trash. Don't get lost. <laughs> in, in, uh, don't get lost in this mix with Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins and, and you know, what eventually became Antonio Gibson, too. Don't, don't get lost in this mix, guys. Go be the running back one or running back two and make yourself two to four to five more million dollars just by default next year, man. So I think there are certain situations where it makes sense uh, to, to not fade those guys and to not fade guys that clearly would have been top 50 to 60 picks, like even like Olave, like Chris Olave returning this year. Like he would have been a top guy this year, but somebody smart around him was like, hey, by the way, 2022, the wide receiver classes, I doubt it was it was probably some Debbie nerd and, and he, I'm, sure that's who he, I'm sure that's who he listened to. But they're, it's going to be the worst set of production profiles we've ever seen in the modern NFL uh, next year. I, I mean, like Traylon Burks has the best returning profile. And even so, like if he entered this year, he'd have like a 78th percentile adjusted production index. It's not great. Like last year, we had eight guys that were already above Traylon Burks. So it's, it's going to be a gross group of guys um, outside of maybe like a half dozen names and one that comes out of nowhere. Uh, but yeah, I think certain certain types of prospects, you give them a break. But overall, analytically, uh, historically, like however you want to bend things, it's not great when you go back for your senior year. The better players, the good enough players across the board, for the most part, declare early. Yeah, and I, I think that this go, it does go in waves, but depending on like how successful, like, you know, Corey Davis... You know, he was a returning senior and was the number five overall pick. Um, and so, like, when you see that, like, oh, maybe their seniors aren't that bad. And then you have these seniors that do come and they end up being bad. That's those type of things. Um, but, Dan, what, what are your thoughts on returning seniors? Yeah, again, it's a big surprise here. But I think Travis Travis hit right on the head. It's very class dependent, but also um, it's, it's not a good look. Uh, I think that over time has been pretty well documented that going back isn't uh, isn't really what you're looking for. I, I think it's probably more uh, more positive for running backs. Maybe I, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like the running backs going back for a senior year in a short term window, given like a three to five year outlook, maybe they come out with a better production profile. But yeah, anytime you're seeing you're you're seeing a senior um, versus a, a an early and or like a junior, whatever, going and going out for the draft. It's just, it's just not a good spot. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRadio2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. All right, let's wrap up our true-false talk with one that I'm a little surprised it was this much of a disparity, but I think it's an interesting topic. 
True or false, it is easier to rebuild in Debbie Leagues. We'll start with Dan. Well, uh, see, that's that's a there, <laughs> there's a lot going on in that one. Um, there's a lot more avenues to rebuild, which is nice because you can you can try to play the long game and rebuild in with Devi, which probably isn't a great idea because you're going to miss a lot. There's the opportunity to buy those early undervalued rookie picks. Uh, while looking ahead, maybe you're looking out at a future draft, you're able to nab yourself uh, what look like they're going to be a couple of bad teams that might have early picks, and you're able to get one of those three to five decent or usable players that are remaining in rookie drafts. But also being able to trade those young, sexy players that everyone's chasing, uh, you know, for the last three, four years, people have been chasing the Trevor Lawrence's and the Justin Fields. So those those names, you know, it can it can make it easier for you to turn your team, I would say, into a into a short-term contender than a strong dynasty team. I, I don't think it's necessarily easier. I would say it's easier to go from not winning to winning than from not winning to becoming a perennial contender. I think it's very easy to flip that youth for big time short-term production than it would be to you know, try to go from Najee Harris to Christian McCaffrey, if that's what we're asking. Yeah, I think it's it's really hard just because uh, depending on the depth of the, the Debbie you're playing in, uh, even if you trade for picks, um, it's going to be low hit percentage rookie picks. And if you trade for Debbie picks, it's more waiting. Uh, and if you try to trade for contenders uh, using what picks, like if – I don't know. It, it, you better hit on the veteran production, and then you're without picks again. And so, like building like a sustainable dynasty is really hard in Debbie because oftentimes the best players that are coming into the pipeline are already on teams two, three years ahead of time. Especially if you're hurting at quarterback. My goodness, like uh, it, it's going to be really hard to replenish unless you're like, ah, I guess I'll just bank on so and so. 90 year old quarterback not retiring this year again and uh you know it's just like let's hope tom brady plays till he's 50 i'm going to trade in you know for that kind of player uh and trade for short-term assets because it's really tough to build through the pipeline uh build through the pipeline unless you already have uh a lot of Devi pick ammo uh, and, and that's not normally the case and and really need to rebuild mode yeah i, I think that it's a lot more fun to rebuild in a Debbie league because yes. you get to you like at the answer there's, there's more avenues to rebuild, but rebuilding in a Debbie league takes a long time. The, mm -hmm. the deeper your Debbie league is, the longer it will take because you're going to have to acquire picks in the future. And that's require like, think about it. Like in leagues that require, like, that allow you to like trade picks like two years in advance, like you can trade for a 2023 Debbie pick and that might not play or not, might not be on your roster until 2025. Like that, it's it's very much a waiting yeah. game. So, the vote did say sixty nine percent false that it's not easier to rebuild Debbie. Are you and saying that you 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 hate Arch Manning? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am saying that it's more fun, but it is more difficult, and it does take much much longer. All right, now we uh, we didn't hit all of them, so head, head to my Twitter feed at mpalff if you are curious to see more of the true false. Um, questions and also if you want to send in more general dynasty ones for next week feel free to at me at npalff 
And now it's time for the Dynasty Dating Game. We will be using the Box Score Scout. Um, it's Dan and I's favorite. Um, we've been implementing the Rotovis <laughs> apps, and we, we just keep on coming back to the Box Score Scout. So for this, I will be telling uh, our two, uh, you know, bachelors, um, the three uh, highest sim score comparables. Um, they will be allowed to ask one question each about the set of three, preferably a question that I can answer through the availability of the box score scout. And they will use, um, you know, the comparables slash any questions asked to decide which one is the best candidate for their love. These are Debbie players? No. There is oh. one past, one present, one rookie. Okay. First one. Bachelor number one's comparables are Zach Terrell, Derek Carr, and Aaron Murray. Bachelor number two's comparables are Taj Boyd, Tyler Huntley, and Chase Daniel. And Bachelor number three's comparables are Blake Bortles, Mark Sanchez, and Sam Bradford. Do we have any questions about Bachelor number one, two, or three? So, uh, what are the can we are there questions that we can ask about like the attributes that the box score scout looks at? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so these are quarterbacks, obviously, and so I guess <laughs> what's the um, what is the peak? Adjusted yards, uh, I guess, uh, adjusted yards per attempt for bachelor number three. 10.74. Okay. And that checks out. Okay. So I, uh, given the descriptions of those guys, yeah. Dan, so yeah. Got... yeah. Let, let Dan ask the question and then, and then we'll, you guys can pick which one you want. Does I forget? Does the box score scout have heights and weights? Uh, yeah, it has weight. Yep, height and weight. Okay. Uh, is bachelor uh, number two or contestant number two? I should say, uh, under six foot two. Under six foot two, I believe so. It, it yes. Okay. I, I, I think I was settled right. on, on contestant number two, but, I, I mean, Travis, feel free to ask a question about contestant well, number no, two. Well, no, no more questions. We're <laughs> running long. Uh, okay. Right, so, Travis, you choose your – I mean, you guys can both choose the, right, the same person. But, um, um, Travis, it sounds like you might know who you want. I'm going – I'm definitely going with uh, contestant number three. As much as we like to dunk on Blake Bortles, uh, there are actually a lot of uh, box score scout guys that that have Bortles as a nice comp because he's got some capital. He's got the physical tools. He's got actually a decent peak uh, adjusted yards per attempt numbers. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with contestant number three and risk it. I'm going to go with contestant number two just because I'm pretty sure I either get to have Baker Mayfield or Johnny Manziel. <laughs> All right. Contestant number one was Kellen Moore. Perfect. I think we both got that one pretty quick. <laughs> Contestant number two was Russell Wilson. Ooh. Ooh, nice. That I got the better and, version. And Justin, I mean, and Justin. And Travis, I'm, uh, I'm going to give you a shot to guess who contestant number three is because I think you know the answer. Um, I think it is it Justin Herbert? Ooh. It's just no, actually, sorry. 
I'm sorry, oh, Justin Fields. Justin yeah. Fields, yeah, that, yeah, because Herbert didn't have the peak um, adjusted yards for tent numbers. I should have known that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you, you both avoided the, the landmine of Kellen. <laughs> um, but I would say Dan wins because uh, Russell Wilson a little bit more proven than well, Justin Fields. But no, I mean clearly no. Justin Fields is the winner here. But I tr- I would I would trade Ru- I would trade Russ for Fields. Hey, who, who's going to get drafted higher? You know. What? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Contestant number one's comparables are Ryan Williams, Joshua Kelly, and Mark Walton. Contestant number two's comparables are Felix Jones, Darrington Evans, and Daryl Henderson. And contestant number three's comparables are TJ Yeldon, Karrion Johnson, and Shane Vereen. Go ahead. Go ahead, Travis. Man, that's 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 a weird one. Um, I'm gonna ask a question. I think about mm, like final season, final season receptions for contestant number two. Okay, contestant number two's final season receptions are twenty-two. Okay. Is is. I want to ask a question to one and three, but two has me intrigued. Is two two? Are you currently in in the NFL? No, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Oh man, <clears throat> can you do the? Can you? I'm sorry. I know I'm not allowed to ask more questions. Can you? <laughs> can you just read the three comps again for number yeah, two? Yeah, that, that would be good. Felix Jones, Darrington Evans, Daryl Henderson. Man, and those were the top three comps. Yes, I'll even I'll even give a bonus for this round. Uh, his sim score comps are eighty-eight Felix Jones, eighty-eight Darrington Evans, 80, 85 Daryl Henderson. So very highly similar to those three running backs. Can I can I go based on yeah. my my true feelings, or do I have to go based on who had a better NFL career? I mean, you can you can go however which way you want. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answers in the dynasty. Either. I I I have a really strong fear that the love of my life is sitting behind curtain two. <laughs> All right, Dan's going too. What about you, Travis? Oh man, I'm gonna go with uh, number three. All right, contestant number one. He is the rookie, Chuba Hubbard. Oh. Um, for 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 what it's worth, I put his pro- projected draft pick at eighty. So. Um, not sure if you guys agree or disagree with that number, but I think that's around where. Can I? Here we go. Can I guess number two before you pull the curtain? It, it, you know who it is. Go ahead. Is it David Wilson? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And contestant number three was Mark Ingram. Yes. I, so I, I was. I thought it might might have actually been him because I've been messing around with. Well, even in just recent years, like messing with Swift and messing with Carry On. Uh, and, uh, like, you know, uh, Ingram always actually shows up as one of the top comps. Yeah. So yeah. Swift has a 72 score comparable to Ingram. So he was oh, a, yeah. a couple more down on the list. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now let's go on to the wide receiver position. Okay. All right. Contestant number one's comparables are Alex Erickson. Darvin Adams and Antonio Brown. Contestant number two's comparables are Keenan Allen, Ruben Randall, 
and Jordy Nelson. And contestant number three's comparables are Justin Jefferson, Randall Cobb, and Nelson Aguilar. Man. Could you, what were the comps again for uh, two? Two, Keenan, yeah. Ruben, Jordy. Contestant number one, where were you drafted? Am I allowed to ask that? Or have you been drafted yet? You can't ask that. <laughs> I'm not allowed to ask that. Uh... <laughs> okay, let me think. Let me think some more. Let's see. Yeah, a contestant number. Contestant number two. What was your final season receiving yard market share? 0.46. Hmm. Okay. It's a nice number. <laughs> it's a very nice number. <laughs> that's a really nice number. And that's what I was thinking because the, the guys that you mentioned all had insane peak production. Um, so, yeah. I actually, and you know, I think I even know who it is. I'm uh, thoroughly confused. Uh, can you read the comps for number three again, please? Justin Jefferson, Randall Cobb, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, those are some good cops too, man. Like uh, on on paper, like I know people like to hate on a couple of them, but I feel like one's either the best player or the worst player. There's no, uh, I, I don't even have a good question to ask. I, I'm going to choose contestant number three. Okay, okay I, I'm going to go with contestant number two, and I'm going to tell you who it is. But number one is definitely the bust because you're talking about guys that either had a late breakout or none at all. Right. Uh, so they're definitely a hard fade. But number two is Allen Robinson, and I don't know who the last one is. <laughs> number two is Allen Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> number two is Allen Robinson. Um, number one is a person who I didn't know their name um, an hour ago, but I Googled um, you know, top wide receivers in the 2021 class, and this player showed up on someone's list for the best hands in the 2021 NFL draft. That's Austin Watkins. That's the best hands in the twenty twenty one. Okay, yeah, UAB. Never, never would have guessed that. You know, he's like he's like already uh, forty seven years old, but he had a thousand yard season uh, two years ago. I uh, had a late later breakout, but not not my favorite. But you know, yeah. And Dan, um, you, the man you are taking home is Justin Hunter. I'll take it. That was my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Hunter. Well, hey, I feel like I feel like I won two out of three. I, I definitely whiffed on. Uh, well, I mean, I, I got Justin Fields, but you know, he's no proven Russell Wilson. But I feel like I did okay. Hey, David yeah. David Wilson doesn't lose any challenges. All right, that that was a W for me. <laughs> All right, last one. We In your heart, we got the tight end position. Well, then we'll let everybody go. Last one we have is contestant number one. Comps are, or you know, top three highest in the road of it since we're up. We have Rob Hausler, Mike Gasecki, and Noah Fant. Contestant number two's top three comps are Devin Asiasi, Mark Andrews, and Marty Bennett. And contestant number three, his top three uh, comp sem score <laughs> comparables are OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, and Eric Ebron. Oh man, I'm gonna keep asking the stupid questions instead of Travis's <laughs> smart people questions. Uh, contestant number one, do you currently play in the NFC East? 
Yes. That's what I thought. <clears throat> I'll take I'll take one. Travis, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Wait, contestant number one, it was it was they are in the NFC East. Yeah, and their comps are House Thurgaseki fans. You know who it is. Yeah. Um I feel like uh the last one's actually kind of a trap. <laughs> That's kind of but, <laughs> that one's that one's definitely a trap. Um, let's see. I don't even know what to ask, man. Like, let's see. Um, I want to go with yeah. Final final receiving yard market share for uh, the second option. Contestant number two's final receiving yard market share is point two two. And his comps were Devin Asiasi. Mark Andrews and Marty Bennett. Oh, man. I feel like that might be a trap, too, actually. Uh, you might be on to something. I think I have the second best player. <laughs> huh. 22. No, I feel like that has to be a... No, that's... I think that's the trap. I think that's the trap. I think that... I, I'm going to go... Uh... No, actually, do I have to go first? I already picked. <laughs> you already picked number one. You can you can pick you can pick who we all, we all know who it is. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna risk it. Uh, I'm gonna risk it and go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with number three and hope it's not Tyler Eifert. I mean, Travis, we said you've been on the podcast eight times. I don't think I can ever have you back on after defaming the good name of Tyler Eifert. <laughs> but it's actually fun fact, fun fact, Nathan, before you continue, Travis has actually been on this podcast more than games. Tyler Eifert's played. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> oh my God. That was bad. Oh man. Um, yeah. All right. So bachelor number one, uh, Dan, you want to announce everybody who bachelor number one is Evan Ingram. He is <laughs> Evan Ingram. Um, which he actually did not have because I was about to say when I was about to say that the comp scores were low, it's just his. The other two are pretty high. Uh, the comp score for Ingram is 44 Hausler, 35 Gusecki, 34 Fan. So not a lot of people like Evan Ingram. <laughs> no, he looks he, he's his own animal. <laughs> and then we have uh, number two was Hunter Long, who shares comps with a CSC Andrews and Marty oh, Bennett. God. And I, I didn't do it old school this time. Um, so it, it's another current player here uh, who uh, Travis is taking oh, on. Yeah, then he won. Uh, tra- Travis, um, you're going to have to uh, bring a cane with you um, because you are taking home uh, Hayden Hurst. Hey, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I could have done worse. I think we split. <laughs> I think we split. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Hayden Hurst, close, close comps are 83 OJ Howard, 79 Hunter Henry, and 62 Eric Ebron. All right, we're running a bit long, uh, Travis, but just to make this somewhat actionable, how, when you log into the Rotoviz SimScore app, what's, your, what's the first thing you're doing? What do you want? What, what would you advise people who are just getting used to it or, you know, or use it every day? What do you use the SimScore app for? I look at uh, the progression for, uh, like, the re- receiving yard market share or whatever the, the most pivotal uh, important metric is for passers or whatever their position is. Like for quarterbacks, it's AYA. For for uh, wide receivers, it's receiving yard market share. 
but after I kind of look at the the base numbers and progression throughout the career, I actually click the Sims tab. And then um, if there is any way for me to have a good idea of what a player's draft capital is going to be, um, I try to plug in a couple of different ranges or a couple of different draft picks of around around where this player might go and see if I can get any positive outcomes for a player given their draft capital range. Like you mentioned even Chuba Hubbard earlier, like a pick 80. Well, if if he's pick 50, does it look any better? Well, if he's pick 120, is it way worse? Like, is there no hope if he's a pick 120? Just to kind of have an idea, um, get, it gives you an idea more so of like what range of outcomes could possibly be for players just by messing with the draft capital alone and looking at the player summary and uh, progression of their most pivotal production metrics. All righty. That is some good stuff right there, Travis. Thank you for so much for coming on, playing True or true False, playing the dating game. Dan, I think that's our first game of the of the offseason. Now we're, we're cooking. It's It's been a while. You know, uh, Travis was Travis was rifling off smart people questions. It was like he was reading Moby Dick and I had a coloring book. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I like I like to look at the pictures. I log in there and I just like to look at at comps and and that's actually how i knew the second the when we did the tight ends i knew that it was evan engram i don't know why i find myself looking up evan engram things but that was an evan engram thing all righty that should wrap us up for this evening make sure to follow travis at ff underscore travis m on twitter and make sure to listen to the uh canton college canton podcast on the road of his radio network uh any last words dan that is it be kind to one another. Have fun. Uh, be nice to Nathan. Sometimes. Kadoosh!